Here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome back. To, I think this is episode 12 of the Speed Up and Get Your Hits podcast. If you're new, this is just a, a, a podcast by some guys that like to shoot, and it's for people that like to shoot, and it's mainly about getting better at uh, at shooting, and we have a good time. With me, as always, I have uh, I have Nick, Velox Training Group, Bren from uh, Vortex Edge, and uh, I'm also here. Uh, somewhat, uh, I'm Billy with, uh, with spec train and, uh, thanks for being here. All of our information is down below. If you're not uh, already aware of the guys that are on this podcast, check these guys out, follow them on the, all of the social medias and stuff and, uh, take a chance to train with these guys. If, um, you get the opportunity, I promise you will not regret it for sure. So, uh, what's up fellas? That's, uh, the, the, we do a this week in shooting thing. What you guys been up to, what you've been, y'all been doing anything Interesting lately, and any interesting things going on in training, shooting, classes, etc. What's up? You want me to go first? Yeah, I can go first. Um, I've been exploring a bunch of like different uh, red dots on pistols. Mm. Um, I think all of us probably uh, get asked a ton, yep. like what red dot we should use, or, or you know, what do you think about this one or that one? Mm -hmm. um, and typically, man, when I get asked a bunch about one or, or two, like I usually just go out and buy it. Right. Unless mm -hmm. it's like, unless it's like a swamp box or something like I'm not going <laughs> to buy one of those. <laughs> Fair enough. But you know, like I, the, the enclosed optic thing, um, on pistols is getting more and more popular. So like yep. I went out and grabbed, I finally found a aim point, uh, acro P2. And then I got a Steiner MPS. So I've been messing around with those things a ton. Um, I pretty much knew the conclusion that I was going to come up with beforehand, but uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to play with them. Um, and, you know, I think the conclusion is like, they're great dots, man. Like, you know, the, the, the Steiner MPS, the, the Acro P2, the hollow sun 509T, they are phenomenal dots, right? They, they're yep. just great. Um, would I pick those over something like an SRO or even a Delta Point Pro? Uh, probably not, right? But that's for me personally. Um, I think that if your job, um, is some sort of, uh, you know, duty, like, like if you're a cop or if you're a mill dude, then, then yeah, I might be a little bit concerned about the open emitter thing. Um, so, you know, if it puts your mind at ease to have a closed emitter, then, Hey man, go on and grab one of those three. I think I don't think you can get wrong with either one of them. So that's what I've been playing with a ton lately. <clears throat> Any anything interesting comparison wise? If you were going to pick one of those three that you found that would lead you to pick one over the other. Uh, so personally, I like a, a bigger window, and I don't like a ton of uh, optic body around mm -hmm. that window. I understand that the the thicker optic body is most likely. Um, going to lead to a little bit more durability, but I like the way that hollow sun 509 T looks, um, Same. pretty much over all of them. That yep. acro P2 is so tiny and there's so much body around that thing. Um, I really, that's probably my least favorite of, of the three. Yep. Uh, that being said, I feel like that super tiny window, right. Is almost like, um, like, do y'all remember back in high school when you played basketball and they stuck that thing in the basketball rim to make it smaller? Yeah. So, so you had to aim for the center. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. I feel like that's the P2, 
there's no wiggle room, right, in your yeah. presentation. And yeah. if your presentation is bad, you are not going to see that dot, right? So I feel like I feel like the P two is is like that thing that we put in basketball hoops, um, and, and I'll be honest, man. After shooting that a little bit and then picking up my SRO, I'm like, not only am I like, oh my gosh, this is so much nicer, <laughs> but maybe maybe there's some truth to that, right? Maybe the presentation is a little bit um, cleaner after using that Acro P two because it has to be on the P two. Yep. So. I think that that certainly mirrors my thoughts and experiences with those three as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think I would probably say that the the glass is probably better on the Aimpoint, yeah, and the Steiner sure. over the Hollow Sun. Yes, uh, but I still like the Hollow Sun better. <laughs> yeah, I just wish yeah. it didn't uh, mount so weird. That's really my only big complaint. That and the weird distortion around the edges of the of the five hundred nine can get kind of irritating. But yep, yep, I'm with it too. Yeah, same stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think they need need yeah. an enclosed emitter, and a lot of times I just I, I ask why. Like, um, and it, it was kind of it was kind of like I mean, it has nothing to do with like who I work for now either. Um, but it was always like, well, why do you need it? Uh, what have you run into where you like where an open emitter didn't do the job? And some people are just like, oh, well, I you know train a lot in the rain. Um, Okay. I mean, I can understand how that would be a lot more convenient. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I just wipe my glass off. <laughs> but anyways, pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, it's it's super interesting, right? I, I've, I mean, I have, I've literally tried super hard to, like, create the circumstances that people imagine will happen to them. And it's, it's really hard. Um, the, you know, to, to me, the glass fogging thing is, like, it's really, it's really not that much of a thing, especially like for concealed carry, obviously, like when you're carrying that against your body, that makes a big difference. Um, for open carry, it's a little bit different. All right. I've, I've always treated my glass from the beginning with something mostly with cat crap. So to be fair, I've never tested it without that. Um, but why, I mean, why would I, you? I've literally, I've, I literally, I filmed a video years and years ago. I put, uh, one of my guns in a cooler on ice um and for like left over 20 minutes on a july day here in north carolina where it was like 95 degrees and you have 200 percent humidity um and like yanked out of the cooler and shot drills and like i couldn't get it to fog up right um so i just feel like it's not as much of an issue as people people complain about neither is the rain thing man like um like again for concealed carry like it's not gonna get wet (laughs) until you until you pull it out anyway um if you're worried about water pooling up on it while it's in the holster like why are you not just running an rds holster that has a hood on it like like that seems like a personal decision that you made to to screw yourself on that one um but even if it does get in there like like by the time you aggressively draw that gun like i've just never seen it be an issue yeah occasionally you get like a couple ghost dots around the glass but like use the big one in the middle like it's not, it's usually, it's never been an issue for me. Um, and I've trained in you know, some absolute downpours. So anyway. Yep. Only time yeah. it was ever an issue for me, um, was with an SRO, which I don't think matters that it was an SRO, but it yeah. was like, it was so rainy. 
It was yeah. at the competition class. If you did. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the worst rain I've ever shot. It was so rainy, belt. and I couldn't find one dot that was more significant than the others. Hmm. <laughs> like I was like, okay. well, that's dumb. And honestly, like it probably was it, probably just how water had hit my actual emitter screen. Yeah. Like because other people were still able to like shoot the drills and it was just like just kind of me right and so i'm guessing it was probably just how water interacted with my emitter screen just right to where there was a tiny little droplet on there and just the right spot to where it was messing me up but yeah i mean that was like the only time that my dot was i would say unusable but yeah, yeah. so i've started doing a thing i actually treat my emitter window with rain x now um really yeah over cat crap you just spray it down in there or something or no, just it's the same <clears throat> liquid application, just like you would normally do it on your car windshield or whatever. Works great. I didn't try that. I, I've had it happen. Uh, I was teaching a class in Texas. We got ten inches of rain in two days. Okay, this mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, it reminded me of like the part on Caddyshack where Bill Murray is like, "The hard stuff hasn't come down yet." And, I mean, it just was like pissing down rain. Um, <laughs> And, you know, teach them with the pistol and stuff. And I think just from the gun being out, because I had it in a, in a Safari Land RDS, but I think from the gun being out, like, there was no dot, dude. Like, it was completely, like, the entire glass was a dot. Yeah. But. Interesting. I don't know. That's legit the only time that's ever happened. So. Fair enough. All right. We went off on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> enough, enough about dots. Brandon, what you got? Anything you've been up to interesting? Uh not too much, man. Honestly, I haven't I haven't really done any uh personal shooting since um since we recorded the last podcast. Taught a carbine one class today, really solid. It's been nice. Um the last like two or three carbine classes that we've had, like we've had some like really freaking great students <laughs> where everybody's just like there to learn and like making huge improvements um pretty cool our carbine one and pistol one we talk a lot about like confirmation levels uh getting people to identify like just what they're seeing um <laughs> it was a, it was a it was a good class man people people learned a lot what's up guys <laughs> hey guys I, I had it muted so. yeah it's all good <laughs> yeah it's all good yeah, Brennan, that that's super cool, man. Um, I think that a lot of instructors think about those kind of concepts as like advanced stuff, right? And I think yep. it's really cool seeing, getting some brief looks at how you run your beginner stuff. Um, just getting getting people thinking right about that stuff right off the bat is uh, pretty cool. That's well, interesting too, right? Because like a lot of the a lot of more advanced shooters, like those are some things that they've maybe learned farther along in their shooting journey. Yep. Um, doesn't mean that that is where it's supposed to be in your shooting journey, right? Like Correct. same thing with like maybe you learned on irons, right? And then you move to a red dot. Doesn't mean that you have to start with irons uh, when you're starting out now, right? So it's cool to like start explaining those concepts to people at a really basic level, like mm -hmm. in the same class where you teach them how to zero rifle, <laughs> yeah. um, because they, they walk away from that understanding like, Hey, if I see a target at any given distance, any given size, I know what my dot needs to start looking like in order to make a hit on that target, right? Multiple hits. 
I think that's I think that's really cool. So yeah, anyways, classes have been good. Got night vision coming up here. Uh Thursday and Friday. That's always a good time. So. Cool. Well, it's all right you didn't have much. So I'm gonna double dip. I got two things. Cool. That I want to talk about real quick. Uh, so came out of the closet, shot my first PCC match this past weekend, uh, which was uh, it was fun, man. It was the perfect uh, it was, month for that. It was very, uh, it was very, uh, it was very interesting. Um, so just just kind of a quick experiment. I I just couldn't leave the gun in the safe any longer. I'm still going to focus uh, mostly on CO until nationals, and then I'm planning on uh, picking up PCC for a while, but. Pretty interesting. A uh, lot, lot of interesting takeaways. Um, definitely to find some things in my game that I need to uh, to work on. Specifically, man, it's so funny, right? Like, I, man, I shoot rifles all the time, but like, um, like in, in more specific ways, like not necessarily U- USPSA stuff. A lot more distance work. A lot like more difficult targets. Um, and it's crazy how when you get on a USPSA stage, you like just slip into like pistol habits um specifically like hide over bore stuff so that was like the biggest thing for me that i ran into was like on really close tight partials where like you have a sliver of the target exposed at the top and then it's hard cover underneath um i had like four mics the day from that specific issue just dropping one too low in the hard cover right um weirdly no issue at all with all of the no shoot targets like when i see the no shoot i'm like oh yeah gonna aim high but on that hard cover, man, especially on those super close, like five yard targets, it's just such a habit to just snap your eyes right to where you want the rounds to go and just <laughs> hammer it. Yeah. Right. Um, the biggest interesting thing for me was like, man, on USPSA, I feel like with the PCC, it's like, it's, it's all confirmation one shooting. Like mm-hmm. there's just like no real variance in target difficulty because there's like no real difference in how you handle a five yard target. <laughs> Or a 25 yard target with a rifle, right? Um, like it's pretty much the same, the same deal. Um, with the possible exception of like a farther away tight partial on the move. Like maybe be a little bit more careful there. But that's like yeah. that was like the only real exception, right? Other than that, it's just like freaking hosing. So um it felt it felt like even at even shooting at like go shoot which is where I was, right? Which tends to be like one of the more difficult, more technical mal- ma- matches in this area. It just felt like, it felt like a hoser match. Um, would normally feel, you know, like with, with p- pistol. So anyway, that was pretty interesting. Looking forward to uh, working that stuff, seeing if there's anything we can learn from that to carry over to the pistol side as well. But you feel yeah. like you had to move your feet a little uh, more precise, a little faster. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about faster, right? There was definitely um there there was there was definitely a couple spots where, where I was almost like, man, I if this was a pistol, I would shoot this on the move, but I think I'm just gonna like crash in this position really hard and like shoot once I get here. <laughs> Versus doing it as a soft entry, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's it's definitely interesting how that works. Um so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's almost like for me, I think, and this is, this may just be a, a hole in my skill set as well. It's definitely something that I'm going to work on a lot harder. Um, but you know, I feel like sh- shooting, shooting on the move with the rifle at, at like a slow pace of shooting on the move is, is very, very doable for me. It's super easy. Right. But the, um, 
the, I feel like the the shooting stuff more like as the closer you get to a run with the rifle, like when you're just doing like drive by hoser targets, is significantly more difficult for me with the rifle than it is yeah. with the pistol. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be something that's interesting to to play around with. See if I can I can uh, figure out any hacks for that because the the guys at the top of the game in PCC are definitely doing it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's exciting to uh, to shoot a match and feel like there's just massive chunks of meat still on the bone uh that yeah. you can that you can get a hold of so cool. yeah yeah should be fun should be fun uh number two uh this is like a very very new new thing don't don't think this is going to become a trend listeners like don't be like just like stroking my ego uh on on the instagram hoping for a shout out but i'm doing an instagram shout out uh all of you probably you guys probably know where this is going already super interesting case study um of of a shooter that's been a listener of this podcast um and has is jumping it seems headlong into uh a a journey that we've been kind of pushing on, on the podcast and i hope we see more and more shooters kind of diving headfirst into uh fellow by the name of brandon i think he's taken your class, Nick, when you were in Texas, he goes by Shabas on the ground. Shabas, yeah, man, um, super good, super solid shooter, super good dude, great shooter. I've had the chance to meet him and shoot with him up at ORD. I think he is maybe in my class for this ORD. Although I could be making that up. There's a bunch of those dudes from Texas that are training with me. I'm looking forward to, to shoot with more. But um, yeah, so obviously this is a guy that's taken Nick's class. Is a, is a, is a squared away solid shooter not new to the performance shooting life right mm. um but it's been listening to the podcast a bunch apparently is shot shouted that out as at least part of the motivation for shooting his first real USA match over this weekend um and made just a post where he was spitting some fire uh that i mm-hmm. thought i would shout out really quick as kind of a case study for somebody that's hey super square away shooter but um you know definitely has spent time on the performance kind of tax performance slash tactical side of the, uh, of the shooting community. Right. Um, and he, he said, man, the past 72 hours, this is just from today after shooting this weekend, his first match, um, have had a major thinking shift for me when it comes to shooting and my approach to it. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but a couple interesting points and, and takeaways that I thought were, were pretty cool. Uh, one of his points here, there are only two measurable data sets that matter speed and accuracy. One without the other is useless. Be capable of doing both. If you drill bullseye, speed it up. If you're all over the place, learn accuracy fundamentals. One is none. Two wins matches and fights. Uh, <laughs> I kinda, love that. Kind of sounds like he's telling people to speed up and get get their hits. You know what I mean? Um, pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff there. Number two, this is probably my favorite point of the whole thing. I'm not going to read all of it, but 99% of my training will be scored and hit factor from here on out. There's too much of a pass-fail mentality out there. Just because someone throws a C-zone hit but does it six seconds faster than the next person does not mean that they're a failure, especially when using hit factor scoring and or it's on a set standard that requires specific zone hits. Uh, that love that. warms my heart, man. It, it, yeah. I freaking love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Such, a, such a great point. We've talked about this a bunch on the podcast, how awesome hit factor scoring is, and just that kind of mentality, right? Um, I, and this is I, – I, I, I get the standards thing. I really do, right? And this is not a shot at anyone that has standards. Uh, some Nick, I love your standards, right? You no, got I'm, a lot no, of cool no, no. stuff. Um, I got something real quick. But across across the internet, and this is it, it depends how the standards are presented, right? 
I love standards as as goals, things for people to work for. That's great. But too many people across the internet think that they are the gods of shooting. And it's like, hey, here is exactly what you have to do to be good at shooting. It's just a little arbitrary thing I've come up with over here. And if you pass this thing, then you are officially okay. Um, and if you fail it, then you suck. Um, and of course, every instructor sets their standards just like a little bit below what they can consistently do on demand in front of class every time, right? Um, and so it's like, it's pretty arbitrary a lot of times, right? And so um, I think that can be, be detrimental for folks in their training if, if all they're ever training for is to try to meet some arbitrary goal that someone else set versus trying to be better than they were yesterday um, at, at, at whatever, you know, and, and training all the things all the time. So anyway, you said you had something on it, Nick. I, didn't, I don't want to Yeah, no, I, I actually am like completely changing my standards altogether. Okay. And it's, it's all going to hit factor. I love it. Um, and yeah. it's going to be, so there's, there's like three different strings of fire in each one. Nice. Each one being pistol and, and rifle. Um, and then we're going to add up the points, add up the combined times of all three strings, and then get a hit factor. I've yet to, to figure out like what the exact hit factor is going to be that is going to win something cool because you got to win sure. something cool, right? Got to win something cool. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll send them to you guys. You guys shoot them. Nice. You know what your hit factor is. Um, okay. I'd be appreciative of that. Can do. Very cool. So yeah, hit factor, all the things. Uh, a lot of cool stuff in here. Talks about executing fundamentals at a high level and that being what really sets shooters apart. And that's like that warms my heart as well. It's mm -hmm. funny. You know, it's like my, um, my, our, my, our level one, like basic intro shooting, we call it pistol core, like large group class, right? Things we work on, we work on, <laughs> you know, for pistol, uh, the fundamentals like grip and trigger control. Uh, and, and we also work on things like the draw and, and site management and entries and exits and shooting on the move. Right. Um, as things I consider as like fundamental skills of shooting. And then that, guess what? That's like also the exact same things we work on in the most advanced class that I teach. Um, my two day, like level up competition class, right? We just like, we work it at a different level, but it's all the same stuff. Like you never graduate past that stuff. So anyway, he, he wrapped it up, go shoot competitions. <laughs> Nothing follows. And, uh, shouted out some, uh, some pretty cool instructors that are pushing this, this kind of stuff. I'm technically the most shouted out because he shouted me out twice. Um, <laughs> he t t spec Damn. train, spec train, and P3 performance. Um, so I'm special. Um, you, you guys can suck it, even though he he uh, he, he just felt bad for your little personal page. He he really did, since my other personal <laughs> one got got sucked. But uh, hey, Brent, I, so hard. I haven't I haven't I contacted Instagram now though. I'm so, I'm so happy. Um, Damn. So if y'all, if y'all ever get zucked, I may or may not be able to help you out. Anyway, wanted to shout out Brandon, go check out his, uh, his stuff. So that, that post, that was super cool. Super cool for me to see guys, um, kind of seeing the light a little bit on the competition side of the house and just how much it really can open your eyes to things, um, in, in terms of how you train and, and how you look at shooting. Uh, even if you're already a pretty squared away high level shooter. So, cool stuff so fun fact uh yep. brandon told me that he listened to episode one yesterday nice and he's on like episode nine and i told him that i'm pretty sure he's gonna run out of them very quickly but that was really cool that he listened to, that he binge listened to all of them in like 24 hours um 
but yeah, no, Brandon's a solid dude. I talk to him often. Um, cool. Yeah. Right on. The, uh, I'll tell you the, the cool thing that I dig about that guy um, is you could tell that he's hungry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All of us see a lot of people that want to learn how to shoot really well. We don't always see people that are as hungry as that guy. Yep. And that shit gets me fired up, buddy. 100%. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There's 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 levels to it, right? There's guys that like shooting and there's guys that, you know, eat eat sleep and breathe this stuff and uh it's always cool to find a, a kindred spirit on those regards. Okay. We're finally getting to the topic of today's podcast, which maybe some of you guys may have come here for and wondering where it is. Uh, I think I'm going to call this the uh, just essentially the speed mode uh, podcast, right? So, quick disclaimer: uh, we're gonna we're not gonna we've we've already talked about different modes of training um, pretty extensively throughout previous episodes of this podcast. So make sure you you, you check up on all that stuff. We've we've done deep deep uh, dives into you know how to dry fire different things, um, but what we're gonna dive into for a little bit here tonight specifically right i mean i had had, this may have been somewhat inspired by a guy that came up to me here recently um at a match who is a super high level um really good shooter pretty high level competitor in very in various disciplines uh happens to be a, a pretty high level operator type as well um, and he's, he brought me aside, he pulled me aside. He's like, dude, he's like, he's like, um, he's like, how do you train aggression in your shooting? Cause he said, he said, he said, I feel like I'm pretty good at like efficiency and like flowing through stages, but you just look fast. <laughs> right. And he's like, how do, how do you do that? And I'm like, man, you have no idea how, how hard it is to like answer that question in like the course of a sentence or two here on the range, like while I'm trying to paste, um, cause it's a big question, right. And there's, there, it's pretty extensive, um, because there's, there's so many things that go into that. Right. And it's essentially all the aspects of shooting. It's, it's not simply, Hey, here's how you shoot a fast build drill. Um, you have to, you know, if you're, if you're looking at something like a stage, right. Um, it is okay. Yeah, sure. How, how do I be super aggressive on, on close, you know, attack targets. Right. But it's also like, man, what are my transitions? Um, in, in all the same, in, in all the, in all the situations that I encounter on the stage, which may be a bunny stack of, tar- of two targets that are of you know equal difficulty and right here next to me, or it could be a, di- a transition to a super far way difficult piece of steel and then back to an aggressive target, or it could be just wide swings, or it could be tight positions, uh, to how my, how is my movement? How are my entries and exits? Like, all of that comes into what we think of as fast, right? Um, and so you have to you have to kind of execute all that well and training speed into all that stuff. It's pretty important if you want to be fast. Um, so I thought we'd do kind of a speed mode uh, episode here tonight, deep dive a little bit into, man, if we're, when we're going to the range, how, how do we encourage um, th- that, that, that speed, right? And there's, there's a number of things I want to dive into, but I'll kind of open the floor for uh for for you guys here first um what do you got fellas what what's been some of the biggest things maybe especially for you and your journey and and the folks that you train um how do you kind of unlock speed mode for folks and 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 what what tips you got man i think first and foremost um 
it has to be said that if, if your mechanics are not efficient, it, you will not be fast. Mm. Right. Take, take draw for instance. Right. I, I put a post up about this the other day that several people got pretty mad about, but like, I, I don't think that it could be debated that drawing a straight line from the holster to the target is going to be faster than making a big ass L like coming straight up to your chin and then pushing straight out. Right. A straight line is a shorter path, <laughs> but so, my front sight sooner though. My front sight sooner. I could draw <laughs> over a table. Yeah. Uh, one guy told me, well, you're not going to, you'll be killed in the streets if you ever have Obviously. to, um, you know, draw to, uh, what you call it? Uh, retention, retention. Wh- whatever, dude. Um, <laughs> mechanics have to be squared away and very, very efficient because if yeah. they're not, you're going to be fighting against yourself. Um, when you start pushing hand speed, right. And I think that draw is a really good example of that. Yep. Yeah. Really, really good, man. So, I mean, I guess that's a good place to start, right? I think I think the draw can show us a lot of things. I love what you're you're talking about with with efficiency, right? One of the one of the demos that I often do in my um, competition class now. Uh, we we shoot a stage cold um, on, on day one, kind of a USBSA style stage, right? And I let everyone shoot it, and then I go last, and I, I generally say, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I I'm I am just going to walk slowly. I'm not going to run on this stage at all. And I'm also not going to shoot below 20 splits for the entirety of the stage. Right. Um, and then I'll be like five seconds faster than everybody. Right. And everybody's just like, what kind of voodoo magic is this? Right. And it's like, no, it's like I started shooting as soon as possible and I stopped shooting as little as possible. Right. And like that, that's all it is. It's like, how can we make this as efficient as we possibly can? Um, how, how can we blend everything together? And that really is the the name of the game, right? Now, once you certainly once you nail the efficiency side of it, right? Um, if you can if you can be super efficient, and you can also add in that aggression, you can add in that hand speed, add in that foot speed, add in all that stuff, and maintain your efficiency. Okay, now we've got a dynamite combo, right? So that that that's pretty cool too. Um, I think we've. Uh, we may or may not have all been in that position where you like think you sprinted across a stage and then you watch your video back. Right. And you're like, man, why <laughs> I see Brennan look, I've definitely got that DM for Brennan. Brennan's like sent videos from way back in the day when he was first starting competition. He's like, dude, why was I like, just, just kind of like chilling here and like, you know, crawling across this stage. Bro, even now, even now I'll do something. And like in the moment I'm like, damn, like I should probably like, be careful. I'm running so fast. Like I might run into something. And then I watch my video. I'm like, Oh son, you are not even moving. <laughs> yeah. So definitely want to talk about that. Right. But, um, so I think, well, let's just, let's just get into that. Right. So I think it's super interesting for some folks. Um, different folks have different natural bents. Um, you know, I definitely, I definitely like what, you know, Ben says all the time. There's, there's, you know, People are a lot of people are naturally turtles or naturally, uh, you know, hosers. Um, I, I feel like the th- some of the things that we try to do in practical shooting, like a lot of people have never done anything that fast or aggressively, like in their life ever. <laughs> right? You've got guys coming into classes, and you can just tell, like this dude is just one laid back, like chilled out fella, right? And so 
it's hard sometimes to unlock that aggression um, and get somebody to, to, to be fast on that, on that kind of thing. I, uh, <laughs> I, I told the story that's kind of funny about this recently, right? So I, I grew up in a military household. And it's funny, I realized how many like military type uh, habits I was raised with, one of which is like eating and walking like as fast as possible at all times for absolutely <laughs> no reason, right? Um, and, I, and now at my, my day job, I work on a, a team of all Marines. I'm the only non-Marine. Um, but I was walking down at, uh, was it SHOT Show or was it? Yeah, I forget when it was. We were out in Vegas for one, one of the shows uh, earlier this year. And it was me. It was all my Marine buddies and a former SOCOM dude. And we're walking on the sidewalk in Vegas. And I've also got one of my other coworkers who's uh, not on my team, but he, he's no military background either. And, but he's also like four inches taller than all of us. This dude's like six foot six, taking less steps than all of us for sure. Right. And we're running on the sidewalk and, and this dude's bringing out the back. And, and all of a sudden he just goes, he just pipes up. We're just talking and just walking to go to get dinner. And he just goes, how do y'all walk like this all the time? Like, I'm going to start have to start running to keep up with you guys, right? And, of course, we all just crack up. But he's just one of those guys just, like, always laid back, right? And just, like, never, ever does anything quickly, right? So we start trying to to to, to get guys like that to do the thing um, in, in practical shooting and unlock some of that kind of aggression. What what tips do you guys have? Like, maybe starting with the draw as an example, that, that whole, like, you know, mo- moving the hands like you just popped off of a, you know, a hot stove or something, right? W- what tips do you guys for, ha- for have for guys that are trying to unlock that kind of that kind of speed and aggression in, in their shooting? If if we're talking about draw, I feel like racing part times for me mm. uh, was a great thing. Yeah, um, I am that laid back guy, right? Sure. Uh, I, I wrestled in high school. Since then, I've <laughs> done no athletic sports. Okay, sure. Um, I like fishing, long walks on the beach, right? Uh, I am <laughs> definitely the turtle, okay? And so sure. exploring speed has been a huge part of uh, what I've done, and that racing the part-times um, for draw ha- has just been phenomenal for me, right? Um, and what I mean by that, right, um, once your mechanics and everything squared away, right? I understand what it feels like to get a good grip and, and all that jazz. Uh, I'll pick a part time that I know for a fact that I can hit, take one second. I can draw one second really, really comfortably, right? Get 10, 12 draws, knock a 10th off. Get 10, 12 draws, knock another 10th off. And I would go all the way down to 0.5. Uh, and when I first started this, 0.5 felt like like I would never get there. Okay. Sure. It felt like, um, you know, as fast as a human being could go. And I'll be honest, man, 0.5 in, in drive fire doesn't feel that fast to me anymore. It's almost like I've inoculated myself to speed. Right. Yeah. And I think it's super important to explore it so much to where you become comfortable with it. And <clears throat> I think once you start to become comfortable with it, you'll be able to think about other things while you're doing it. Yeah, that was kind of the, like the dead giveaway for me. Like I no longer felt rushed because I already was fast, right? I, I didn't need to tr- to try and push anymore because the speed was just there because I was used to doing it so much. Yep. 
Yeah, no, I dig that. I like that what you're saying that they're uh, inoculation, right? I think I think I would put it this way, right? So we we you have to in, in this kind of for the, in these kind of endeavors, you have to change the way that your mind actually processes time. <laughs> um, yes. you know, we are we are not used to thinking about things in hundredths of a second, right? That's like what what excuse do you have for that in your daily life, right? We're thinking about time in in terms of like. 60 miles per hour. That's like really fast, right? Um, you don't think about things in, in, you know, hundreds of a second. Um, I remember, you know, Travis Haley used to talk about that back in the day and, and he had a a cadence drill that really unlocked some things for me, um, that I still on occasion recommend to folks who are trying to unlock split times, right? It's like you, you have to, one of the things he recommended for folks back then was like with, with, with cadences, like shoot a slow controlled cadence and try to just figure out, you know, like on the metronome, how to get your splits, you know, consistent within, let's say half a 10th, right? So you're shooting, let's say, you know, a, a 45 split, like something super slow and controlled, right? But like a 47 is not acceptable. And like a 44 is not acceptable. Like it's got to be the exact same every single time and like training yourself to, be able to do things like with that amount of precision, essentially training to be able to, to get the gun to go off exactly when you intend for it to go off. Right. Um, and, and all of a sudden, once you can do that, push and you, and you, you push it down, like you were saying, right. And you keep going lower and lower and lower. And all of a sudden you, you find yourself arriving at that 15 split and it just, all of a sudden it feels like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't feel fast anymore. It just feels like that's the next thing you're doing. Um, so I agree with that hundred percent. The other thing I'll, I'll add on to that, like with the draw, right. You've got to separate it out. Um, as far as separating accuracy from it, from the process, right. Um, when, when you start, I think that you have to figure out, okay, if, if I want to get my draw to, let's say you have a goal time, this is where standards and things really come in 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 uh, in handy i think having an idea of what's possible is super is super useful um you say hey man i saw i I think i should be able i want to get my draw down to 0.7 or whatever it is you have a goal in mind okay well first of all you have to figure out how do i mechanically get the gun out that quickly (laughs) right where 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 are my efficiencies that i can improve where's maybe it's hand speed maybe it's reacting to the beep sooner right Find those things that you can do better to mechanically get the gun out from the holster to the apex of your presentation in that amount of time first, like regardless of what the hits are. Um, obviously, you can do that in dry fire, but uh, I, I will throw a caveat in there, which is um, the, the harder you push part times, um, <laughs> the less accurate I think some people's judgment of their own part-times can be at times. So in other words, um, let, let's say that I am trying to make sure I, I draw in a second, but I can really draw in 0.8, right? So I'm drawing the gun in 0.8, and I'm hearing that click, and then two-tenths of a second later, I'm hearing the beep. Okay, I'm 100% confident that I'm meeting that part-time, I'm good to go, right? But if I really want to push it down, and I have my part-time set to you know 0.7, um, you know, as an example, hearing, if I'm hearing the gun click during the beep, <laughs> right. Could be a 0.7 or it could be a 1.05, right. That's mm-hmm. a big difference, right. 
So at a certain point, you have to also check in live fire, like, okay, what, what is my real time that this is actually happening in? And, 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 and the only way to measure that, right. It has to be separate, separated from speed. You have to just like either get in front of like a full size target at three yards, if that makes you feel better, or just like get in front of the front of the berm, right. And discipline yourself to like pull the trigger when the gun reaches the full apex of the presentation, not to measure where your hits are, but to measure how long is it mechanically taking me to get the gun out of the holster to the apex, right? You have to, and if you're, if you're not able to do that in your goal time, then the rest of it doesn't matter. Right. So you have to start there and then figure out, okay, now I'm mechanically getting it out. What I feel like is fast enough. Um, now let's start figuring out, okay, how do I do that and get it, the gun to arrive in the same spot every time? All right. Where I can actually see the sights or see the dot when it pops in. Right. How do I get, get, how do I do this in the same speed and get my dot to arrive now, like softly on target and not like be jumping all over the place when the gun arrives here on target, right? Now you can start improving the things that, that will allow you to, to have accuracy there, but you have to be able to do the thing at speed first, right? Does that, does that make sense, guys? You, you tracking on board with the same line of thinking when it comes to speed mode Definitely. training? Definitely, 100%. Yep. I think it's super hard for a lot of folks, right? Especially the folks that are, are probably asking this question, which are the turtles, right? Which really don't like the idea of missing stuff. Um you know, it's, 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 it's super hard to say, okay, like it's, it's okay right now <laughs> to not worry about the hitting of the things and, and to, to work on the mechanics, right. To figure out, Hey, how do I actually just do the thing fast? And then I can improve, you know, the, the accuracy later. It is, I think, um, you know, it, it, it we've talked about this before. I think it's super, it's way easier for someone who can do something fast to add on accuracy than it is for something someone who can do something accurately to add on speed. Um, yep. Because if I'm trying to maintain a level of speed and I'm trying to, I'm sorry, maintain a level of accuracy and add speed, you know, when I, when I add speed by definition, uh, you know, there's, it's going to cause some failures in the accuracy. And so if I'm trying to maintain accuracy and add speed, every time I start adding speed and I start seeing those failures and the hits, a lot of folks' natural reaction is, oh, well, i got to slow back down again. <laughs> right? <clears throat> and then, of course, that's absolutely detrimental to trying to get to get faster. So I yep. uh, definitely encourage folks to go the, the opposite way around with that. Just figure out how to do the thing fast and then and then figure out how to do it accurately at that at that speed. Right? Yeah, I mean, uh, super right on. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what I was what I was going to say. Um, so something I'd add to that too, right? is there there's a lot to be said for yes we have to figure out how to do the technique first right then we have to figure out how to do that quickly which sometimes involves perhaps maybe a little bit of relearning some stuff that we thought we really had on lock like maybe our presentation and uh acquiring the dot isn't as good as we thought it was right because uh now we're asking ourselves to do it way faster um so yes there's there's all of that and they're just kind of figuring out of it but like i can't downplay enough or I can't, I think it gets downplayed a lot too. Like, like you have to put in a lot of reps and here's the thing that I don't like is when people say, how do I get faster at my draw? And someone just goes, do a lot of reps. Uh, that is not how you, that's not how you get faster. Sure. Like, I'm sorry. Right. Like there's, there's too much else that has to get stacked on before that, uh, to actually get faster, um, or, or better at anything. Um, 
I don't know. That seems to be something I, I feel like I see almost every week on someone's Instagram, some influencer, uh, just, Hey man, you just got to do a lot of reps and either they don't know how to explain it or that's just their cop out answer. I'm not really sure, but like you do have to do a lot of reps, but you have to do it correctly. And I, I think for somebody who is like using that example of the draw, right. Uh, struggling with just getting the gun out and then struggling with maybe now they're figuring out how to get the gun out, but now they're not seeing their dot. Right. Like you have, to, I will have someone do that over and over at three yards until they go, until they can tell me that they saw some sort of flash of color in their reticle. <laughs> mm. Right. And I'm still going to have them fire as soon as the, the gun reaches kind of the apex of the presentation. Um, but once they catch that glimpse of that reticle one time, I'm like, all right, now we're on to something. Right. Yeah. Did you see where that color was? Uh, no, not really. All right, let's do it again. Right. They do it again. Now, can you tell me where that color was in relation to the to the target? Uh, yeah, it was in the center of the target. Sweet. Right. Like now we have something to work with. And so I definitely am just like right there on, on, on the same page as, as you, Billy. Like I take them to three yards um, with with a big target in front of them to where they, they really can't miss the paper and uh, and just start getting them doing it. Right. So teach them the technique and then give them enough reps to where they have the opportunity to start seeing something that they've never seen before. Um, and I think that's big too, right? Like I, if you, if you don't know what fast looks like in front of your face, like how are you expected to replicate that? Yeah. Right. And so you've got to figure out a way to see your dot recoiling like over and over or see that gun coming up in front of your face and seeing an actual flash sight picture uh, to be able to even, even start, kind of learning that aggression. Um, otherwise you're going to be stuck on, yeah, I can get the gun out fast, but then I've got a fish from my dot. Right. And, and we get like over confirmation issues. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is visual training too. Right. So you just, you've got to add that stuff on, then you've got to just start training yourself to look for uh, what it is that you actually need to see, which for most people I think is kind of uh, something that they never even imagined that they would be looking for. <laughs> Um, but it, it, it makes, it makes a big, big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Put in the, obviously there's no substitution for doing the work and, and, and doing lots of work is absolutely required, but it has to be good work that you're doing. <laughs> right. It's gotta be purposeful. It's gotta have a goal in mind and, it, and it's gotta have good technique behind it. Um, yeah, this is where I think, you know, starting with a good foundation and, and, and if you, if you want to make big gains, um, it usually has to come from making big changes. Um, yeah. Now this can either come from something that you've learned, um, by taking a class or reading a book or listening to a podcast or whatever it is, right. It's coming from something you've learned that's given you a, a direction that you can make big changes in, uh, or it can come through self-experimentation right? Like you, you can definitely experiment and figure things out on your own. I've done, done that a lot. Right. Um, but just understand that, right. I mean, big, big gains come through, uh, come through big changes, you know, for sure. And, and there's a big difference too, between like being able to go fast and actually being fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like I would say the people who are fast, uh, not just the people who can like turn it on every once mm -hmm. in a while or hook up on a drill. Yep. The people who are fast are people who, I can guarantee you I've put in countless hours of, of practicing 
being fast, mm-hmm. right? Which means they put in hours of going fast in order to get there to where that's actually a normal thing, right? Like, uh, what does what does Mark say? Uh, you don't have to you don't have to go fast if you are fast. Yep. Right. Um, I think that's that's actually super insightful, right? Dude, it, it's, it's super easy to it, it's super easy to step on the skinny pedal, but it's really hard to step on the skinny pedal and race around a track and try to beat people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyone can step on the skinny pedal, but yeah. it takes it takes knowing what that feels like and knowing what that looks like. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a it, talking about driving here. I had a pretty cool experience. I was doing a private class for a guy who used to be a driving instructor. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Super cool guy. I dug hanging out with this guy. Yeah. Um, so we're getting off on the exit ramp, and it's kind of like a like an S turn on the way out. And, you know, we've been chatting about racing and stuff. And he was like, you know, put the tires right there on the right-hand side. And he's like, start, you know, easing onto the gas. And he's like, where are you looking? Because he saw me looking down. <laughs> he's like, look look to where you're going. Look to where you're going. And now mm-hmm. get into that other turn. Put the tires right there. And he's like, now, now punch it. Dude, we were doing 98 on the way out of that exit. And it <laughs> did not – it did not feel like I was – it felt super controlled because I yeah. was just – doing what he was telling me to do but it felt it was so similar to shooting man it, yeah it's, it's so similar so it's cool yeah now yeah. every time I, I get off on that exit ramp i'm like wonder if i can get up to uh you know 120 in this truck I wonder yeah. If- <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah no good stuff yeah great similarities i, I love that saying from from mark as well brendan we've, we've brought it up on several episodes of this uh, here, here, here's my kind of interpretation of that saying, right. And, and maybe we'll have to have Mark on here and explain, explain it for himself as well. But, um, so like, let, let's say your, your goal as a shooter, as an example is, Hey man, I want to be able to consistently draw to a first round a zone hit at seven yards in under 75, right. As an example. And, and most people would define that as pretty dang fast. Right. Um, well, well, guess what? If if you do the process that I just did, right, where you're like, hey, I can mechanically get the gun out in exactly 74 now, right? Now let's try to figure out how to make that accurate. Like, that's not going to happen, <laughs> right? If, you, if the fastest you can mechanically get the gun out is 74, like, you're not going to get 74 first-round A-zone hits, right? So what you have to figure out how to do is mechanically get the gun out in .5, Right, like like Nick was just talking, and now when I have figured out how to get the gun out consistently in point five, getting a first round hit at seventy five just feels like you're just cruising, right? So now what you previously thought was a super fast goal, like like a seventy five a zone hit, because we've figured out the technique to get the gun out mechanically way early and start everything way sooner, you don't have to go fast right? You don't have to push the speed. You don't have to like ride that razor's edge of your capabilities to meet that goal of a 75. Now you're just coasting. And that, and that 75 goal feels slow now. And that's, man, when you get to that, when you get that, man, unlock it, that's, it, it, it just, it makes everything so nice. <laughs> right. It, it, Dude, that's, that's the goal, man. And yeah. not just with draws. Like I want sure. to do that as I shoot a stage. Every yep. stage that I've ever won feels like that. It feels like I'm on freaking cruise control and things are just happening. Mm-hmm. 
It never feels like I'm rushing. Anytime it feels like I'm rushing, like it's not going to be good. I know this. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up another point um, on speed mode, unless we want to, unless you wanted to expand on what Nick just said. Yeah, no, only only thing I was going to say is like, so the, I think, I think the mindset for me, right. As somebody who's naturally a hoser on the stage. Right. So I, I, I do still feel like I'm going fast on my like non-shooting movements, <laughs> right? Um, and my head speed. So like to me, those are still the, like the two things that I try to make feel fast. Like when I'm when I'm leaving a position and I'm running to the next position, like I still try to make that feel fast. Like there's no reason for it not to, right? That's that's a maximum effort like move, like Deadpool style, right? Um, and same thing for me with like with the with the head movements. Like when I'm when I'm done sh- shooting one target, it's like man, that's got to be an explosive movement. I just want to see the next thing as soon as possible. And I think about moving the gun fast. I'm just letting that happen the way that it does, right? But yep. um, yeah, everything else, man, it's just like it's just like let it happen. And if you can just explode through those two things, like I feel like everything else can just happen. And it's yeah, it'll you'll you'll watch it back and you'll be like, oh, that was actually fast. It felt slow though whenever you when you have when you have that when you're like man that felt slow and you watch it back and it looks fast that's that's you've got something you're on to something yeah. there yeah. yeah yeah sorry brandon what, what'd you got man yeah so so kind of taking so kind of starting to go another direction right so we have talked a lot about vision mm-hmm. right and the importance of visual processing speed um i think a big key uh for me in learning how to actually go fast um and be able to repeat that performance right big difference um is understanding uh what i'm actually seeing and what to look for right um one of the things we do at edge classes and i think we're we're talking about this pre-show um start talking about confirmation levels, right? Ben Steger talks about like three confirmation levels, one, two, and three. A lot of instructors teach the same thing, have different uh, words for it or whatnot. We tend to use the the, the Steger one, two, and three. Um, learning what confirmation level one <laughs> and two and three actually look like and the differences between them is huge. And specifically kind of talking about speed mode, um, I think it's maybe the easiest to, to kind of look at confirmation level one, right? Where where you're responding uh, to something that does not look like what you think it should look like, right? So um, when I try to get people shooting, whether it's multiple shots, whether it's transitions, whether it's draws, whatever it is, and they need a confirmation level one uh, type sight picture, what there has to be there is they have to see (laughs) what it actually looks like uh, what a confirmation level one looks like, which means they have to push outside their, their comfort zone. Yeah. And they might have to do s- something several times uh, before they realize or can articulate, hey, I'm seeing a flash of red going up and down uh, in a six o'clock to 12 o'clock pattern. Right. Um, I think a lot of people, their problems with with trying to unlock speed mode and trying to get into kind of this aggressive shooting is that they don't know that their dot can look something like other than a dot, <laughs> right? Or their front sight can look like something other than a, than a clear uh, focused front sight. And I think when you start diving into training that, 
And there's a ton of different drills uh, that maybe we could talk about, right? That can help you learn kind of the differences between uh, the three levels of confirmation. But once you start diving into that and recognizing, hey, this is what confirmation level one actually looks like. This is a um, this is a target or a um, or a course of fire that requires confirmation level one. Like I said, whether it's draws, re, uh, transitions, multiple shots, um, that is going to help unlock a ton of speed because once you can start consistently seeing this thing that's going on, but recognizing that you don't have to see the same kind of confirmation that you would at 20 yards. Um, that I think is, is going to be a huge key to consistently unlocking speed. Um, I, I know when, when I was first starting shooting, right, I was watching shooters were much faster than me. And I was like, how in the hell are they seeing anything? And at the beginning, I was convinced that they weren't because when I went that fast, I didn't see anything, <laughs> right? And obviously progressing through your shooting journey, you, you very quickly realize that they're seeing a whole lot, right? That um, you're either ignoring or just aren't recognizing it for what it is uh, when you're kind of maybe a little bit earlier on in your shooting journey. So um, I thought maybe we could talk about that and get, get y'all's opinions as well, as far as kind of how confirmation levels play into um, this tapping into, into speed mode. 100% man. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the ways that I one of the directions I wanted to go as well. The uh, you know the, the confirmation level thing that's gone through I think a lot of iterations. I think Quantec has like a level zero through four now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. But yeah, so like, I think a great thing to talk about, right? Um, and one of the reasons I think hit factor scoring is so good. Um, to take like a um, uh, if we're shooting in like level two, what I would call like a level two, right? Which is where you're kind of painting, painting these, trying to paint the A zone with the dot, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I think you have to, when you're trying to, un especially when you're trying to unlock speed and you're trying to figure out, Hey man, how do I, how do I actually like balance and, and blend speed and accuracy? Like example, I'll have people ask you what I'm seeing on these targets. I'm like, man, you have to be okay. If you see the dot sitting on the perf between the A zone and the C zone, like you've got to be okay with that sight picture. Like that's a that's a that's an awesome sight picture. Like you love that sight picture, and you're just like <laughs> pressing the trigger, right? And they're like, they're like, don't you want it in the center? I'm like, yeah, you want it in the center. Yeah, sure. And you're looking in the center, but like, is it worth the time for you to like actually get the dot sitting in the center every single time? And the answer is no, right? And if it's sitting on that per between A or C, like you're. And if you do your part, unless you like really move the gun, like you're getting an A or a C, both of which are okay. Like, and you just need to, you need to let that thing go. Like you're happy when you see that, when you see that dot sitting there on that perf, right? And that's kind of like a complete mindset shift for a lot of dudes, right? Um, when it comes to, to various shooting challenges across the stage. And, and that's it, like, that honestly is like, that's the best way that I can really articulate that. But Obviously, the the truth of that is is way more complex, and it's 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 way harder to uh, to really articulate um, as far as like what you're seeing and what you're okay with as far as the way that your sights are moving on target throughout a stage. Well, because I know got to play around with, um, hey, essentially, what is required for me mm -hmm. to see on targets of varying difficulty um and to to get an acceptable blend of speed versus accuracy and i think what you're saying there brennan is 100 correct which is the way to experiment with that is to force yourself to shoot at different speeds cadence drills can be very dangerous right because 
If you get locked into shooting a metronome instead of shooting your sights, that's a very bad habit to get into, right, at, at, at reactive shooting distances. Um, however, there are times when you are trying to push speed where you're like, man, okay, this is what I want it to sound like this time, and I'm just going to make it sound like that regardless of what I see, and I'm going to see what happens, right? And then mm-hmm. I'm going to learn from that, right? Okay, here's what I saw shooting at that pace. Here's what the result was, right? Is that result good or bad, right? And you're you're learning from that. I also think when you're doing that process, it's super important to score on an aggregate. So in other words, if you're doing like an accelerator drill, as an example, you shouldn't, when you're, when you're learning, it's this accelerator drill shouldn't be a standards drill. It shouldn't be, I shoot it once and then I go score it and it was pass or fail. It should be, Hey, I'm going to shoot it six times, do my best to shoot it the same way. Right. And then I'm going to go see what happened. And I'm going to see as an aggregate, as a whole, am I happy with this or am I not like the way the results were? And then you have to try it a little bit different. Um, and it, it really takes a lot of work. Uh, because you know everyone has a bad run on occasion, and when, especially when you're trying something new, like you're gonna try that new thing the wrong way <laughs> a few times out of the six ways that you just tried it, right? But you have to see, like as a whole, is this good or bad? Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that as well, Brennan. Exper- experimenting with what you have to see is is huge. Sorry, I, I know you had something else. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just gonna say, like, like I, I know all three of us have multiple times that people come to our class where they're trying to improve something right yeah. and, I, and i keep using the, the draw just because it's easy right but they they draw their gun out and they think that they have to put the dot exactly on that little letter a in the in the a box yep. and that the round has to be touching the a and if it's not touching uh that little middle part of the a then it's somehow a fail right and then you do it and you're hitting a zones and maybe you're pretty damn close to there uh, and they think that you are also seeing, you must just somehow be seeing a perfectly <laughs> round still dot on that A. And it's right. like, dude, <laughs> not even close, right? But they, they just think, oh, that you must be doing that because that's how I understand how to achieve some sort of level of accuracy. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very difficult concept to explain, I think. And it takes, it's one that takes a lot of reps and a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, Dude, I was literally doing this today, right, in a, in a rifle drill. So we were demo, we were, uh, I was demoing a, um, a final drill from Carbine One. It essentially involves shooting five rounds from three different positions at 20, 10, and five yards. Um, so perfect, uh, perfect place to uh, use different confirmation levels, right? And what I realized is in my demo speed, right, I wasn't trying to like set any records. Um, during the practice run, right, shot it. I was conservative at 20 uh, with, with my rifle, and I saw somebody else shoot it, and he shot it way faster, and he had all alphas. And I was like, I should probably have shot that faster. And so I did. I tried, and I had all alphas, and I was way faster. And it's one of those things, right, like like in training, don't be afraid to do that. Like don't be afraid to go, all right, this is what I think I can do, and then this is what I want to do. And then, yeah, try to find the balance. So, and it yeah. paid off like, like huge, big time, like save me like a second. <laughs> Man, I think yeah. it's so important to like shoot stuff at the pace that you want to go. Yes. Yeah. Right. Shoot it at the pace that you want to go. Be okay with a couple misses here or there. And then figure out what you need to do with your vision to keep up with that pace that you want to go. Because that vision 100%. typically is why you're missing, 
right? So how can I see sooner so I can shoot at the pace that I want to go? But it's, it's, it's paramount to go at the pace that you want to go because you're going to be able to see and feel what going fast actually feels like, right? And then after a couple runs, then it's like, all right, let me just try to see a little bit better, right? And now I feel pretty damn relaxed and um, I just need to look at the center of each target. Um, yeah. That has worked awesome for me. Like I legit just try to burn it down and then see the center of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Another way to say that, right. I think, so I think this is a, a super productive way for folks to, to push speed. And we were just talking about like, actually like in, as far as engaging a target. Right. Um, so as an example, think about starting a drill, like doubles drill as an example, or if you want to shoot a full bill drill or however you want to do it, right. Some kind of shooting drill on a target at three yards. Right? And, and think about how aggressively you would shoot that target at three yards, right? And then push that target back to five and shoot it the exact same way, right? And see if you can still get excited blades on target. And then push it back to seven and see if you can shoot it the exact same way and see how fast, I'm sorry, how far can I push that target back and I'm going to force myself to shoot it the exact same way and see how far can I push it, right? And still get excitable hits. And then, and then once you meet that threshold, we think, man, I'm at like the limit of human function. I just don't think I can, I can push it back this far and still hit stuff. Okay, well, well, what's what's failing, right? Is it is it sights? Is it trigger? What is it? What what mechanical difference do I need to make? Do I need to hold myself to to see see more on my sights? Do I need to hold myself to be more careful with my trigger? Like, what is it? Make that change where you're getting your hits and then push it back. Okay, here's my level two, you know, my level two confirmation, right? How far can I push that back, right? And so that, that's how you push speed at, at greater and greater levels of difficulty, I think, is like by pushing yourself to that stuff. Again, you got to be careful with it. When I was coming up, trying to unlock speed, like, you know, just cadence drills were the thing, you know, like the the two two four two two drills and the one through fives and the, and the you know, all the things, right? And, and you get used to shooting... Uh, sometimes on a on a clock instead of shooting what your sights are telling you. So you have to you have to balance speed mode with the other modes of training that we've talked about, right? Uh, always always end your training, I think, with some good execution. Uh, you know, match mode shooting to kind of bring things back into perspective. But again, when you're pushing the speed, like we've said, sometimes you have to you know, sometimes you have to do the thing the way you want to do it, and then figure out how to make it work, if you will. Um, you know, the, the same thing applies to all, all, all the other aspects. We've talked about the draw a lot and, and just kind of shooting targets because when people talk about speed, that's the first thing they try to do, right? They want to essentially, essentially, how do I do a build drill fast is, is the thing people want to do fast first, right? And then it opens up into all the other things. So, um, you know, you can, you can think about it, you know, uh, whether it's movement, whether it's transitions, whether it's shooting on the move, Whatever that thing is, right? Come, come up with a goal, whether it's from a standard or whether it's from watching somebody do it on the internet or whatever it is, right? Have, have some kind of a goal of where you want to get to, um, and, and try to figure out how to do the thing. How do I? How do I get my gun? You know, from here to here. You know, in, in that kind of amount of time, is it from yanking the gun faster, or is it from starting sooner, or is it from getting my eyes there sooner, or is it? You know, what what is it? What do I need to do? 
and then and then figure out how to how to do it more and more consistently, more and more accurately. You know, when it comes to the movement stuff, okay, if I want to if I want to move from this box to that box in in two seconds, let's figure out how fast like I'm just mechanically able to run between those two boxes first, right? And then how do I set myself up to where I am going from shot to shot as close to that time as I can? Where it's you know it comes as far as efficiency in my exits, efficiency in my entrance, you know all 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 that kind of thing, right? So think about it in terms of you know an entire course of fire. I, I, I'm a big fan of of coming up with kind of a goal course of fire, whether it's a small stage, uh, or whatever the case is, and then break that stage down into its components, which typically is you know things like gun handling, um, you know the the shooting part, right? the transition part and the movement parts break it down into those kind of segments and then figure out how to do all of those things better than you could do it before. And then of course, when you are able to add those things and stack those skills back together, the result is certainly going to have improved, right? If you can, if you can do all the components better. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really important for people to understand too. Like I don't, like all of us have gone through what you just said, right? Yeah. Like, like I think I think sometimes when you watch uh, the gram or Facebook or whatever, you get the impression that everyone is just burning it down all the time, and just I am the only one that sucks, dude. Uh, no, no, you're not right, and the majority of the time you're seeing everyone's best runs, right? And if you're seeing a really good run. I could guarantee you they had a bunch of shitty runs to get to where they were, right? It's got to be like that. It's got to be like that in training, right? You've got to be able to push and then figure out what it takes to, to connect, right? And and usually that's what we see on the gram is people connecting really fast. That's another reason that you shoot USPSA, man. Like you can have you can have match results. You can have a classification or whatever, right? They actually back up whether or not you can shoot like that. Uh, cause everybody's always going to continue posting their best runs to the grand. Like that's, that's how it goes. Right. Like I, and yeah, I would rather watch someone's good run than like a bunch of like shitty ones. Right. Uh, but yeah, shoot USPSA, back it up. I need to, I need to post it. I, I randomly, I was looking for something completely uh, different and stumbled across a video on my phone, uh, earlier this week from 2015. <laughs> On the range, shooting my Gen One M and P forty. But uh, Lily just had a had a USPSA paper target, and man, I was just like doing mag dumps. I was just like firing like ten round strings, just trying to figure out how to get the gun to go off like as fast as I possibly could. And I gotta be honest, like watching the video back, I'm like, dang, that is that's fast, like. <laughs> the gun's going off, right? The splits, the splits were there, bro. I was like figuring that stuff out a long time ago, but man, I'm also watching it go, man, that gun is just like going every kind of way. Like it is just bouncing like all over the place when it goes off. I'm like, man, the grip, the grip was not there. The splits were there, but uh, man, the grip was not there. Right. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the process we're talking about, right? You got to figure out the speed first and then, and then figure out how to, out of control it. It's uh, both have to come, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a huge process. Right. And, and, and just to kind of put it into perspective, right. I mean, that we're talking about 
figuring this stuff out over a course of fire. But think about the breaking it down, something as simple as accelerator drill, right? I mean, think about how much time went in, guys, you know, for us, you know, getting the first part of that right, the draw, right? That that could be, I mean, a lot of folks that are listening to this could probably take six months and think about their draw if they really want to get it to a, a really super high level, right? Um, and and then you could you could take another period of time and just figure out like really really solid like tuned in like what do I need to see at seven fifteen and twenty five yards and and how can I get to the point where I can shoot fast and accurately consistently just at seven yards and then just at fifteen yards and then just at twenty five yards right. And then figure out, okay, how do I transition? <laughs> what, it, what the transitions looks like? What should my dot look like coming into a seven-yard target versus how should it look like coming into a 15-yard target versus how should it come into a 20-yard target, right? Um, and then, man, I'm, 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 I'm work on reloads a little bit as well, too, if I'm, you know, if I feel like it. And then, you know, after like two years, okay, I'm putting a good accelerator drill together, right? Like, but man, it, it really does take a lot of work and it takes a lot of thought into, into each of those, those building blocks. If you want to be, if you want to be great at it, that's what it takes. I, I, I meant to post that this will be kind of my, my last thing. I think, um, a huge, I, I, something I see on the gram all the time. Right. And I think it's a huge mistake that, that folks make is they divide up different kinds of shooting into like easy versus difficult. So like as, <laughs> as an, ex, as an example, a lot of guys, right. That maybe I think a lot of like Ipsic shooters as an example, or guys that are used to shooting like, you know, farther, more challenging, like targets on stages, right. Look at like a USBSA hoser stage and they go like, well, that's easy. And then <laughs> we look at, you know, those kind of stages it goes, Oh man, that's really tough. If we see like a, if we see a 35 yard target on a stage, we're like, man, that's a really difficult stage. Right. And, and, and the truth of the matter is that, that being great at any aspect of it is equally difficult. Right. The, 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 the work for an average shooter that it would take them to go from, let's say an 85 B eight to a 95 B eight is probably a similar amount of work that it would take that same shooter to go from like a 17 split to a 14 split on a build drill, right? Like it's probably the same amount of work, but what a lot of shooters do is they see that shooter shooting 17 splits on a build drill and they go like, Oh, that's fast. So you're just good there. Right. Whereas when we have a scored B eight, it's super, super easy to say, Oh, well, obviously we need to bring, you know, get, get, you know, five more points in here or whatever. So that's, that's easier and it's more measurable for some folks to to think about improving scored hits than it is you know hundreds uh, in tenths of a seconds over here on the side right but being great at anything is is super hard i don't care what it is being being elite at anything is, is super hard and it takes a ton of work and it takes a ton of effort and a ton of intentionality in, in your techniques and your efficiencies so uh don't 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 leave the the meat on the bones in in any aspect of your shooting um just go go after it i promise you there's there's always room to grow for sure so absolutely i like it anything else fellas final thoughts speed mode on yeah. un unlocking the monster within <laughs> yeah, sh sh shoot fast and stop sucking i love it i love it very good brennan looked like he was saying something 
Oh, I was just gonna say like, um, figure out what you can like get fast at in dry fire, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I know not everybody listening probably has the same ammo budget as everybody else, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's so much, so much speed mode stuff can be done in dry fire. Like, I would probably say like 85% of what I've learned about being fast has been in dry fire. Um, <laughs> like, like probably the year that I shot the least was the year that I learned the most about like fast mechanics, um, and was like really studying it. Um, so you can definitely do it. You can be really smart with your ammo budget. Like you can, you can go test it on the range and stuff, but you can like really, really push in dry fire and all it takes is just being really honest. Yeah. Agree, I agree, you know, agree 100%, right? The honest, honesty is huge in the dry fire side of it. And again, an, an intentionality in in splitting up what is speed mode and what is execution mode, right? Yeah. Because what's what's dangerous is in dry fire. Man, oh, I'm pushing. Oh, I just, I, just, I just took a tenth off my draw tonight. Therefore, when I go to this match tomorrow, that's the way I'm going to draw the gun from here on out. Like, it's like, it's like, no, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, chill. um so learning just simply being able to do something in speed mode doesn't mean you you can control it yet great you can do it speed mode that's the first step but you still have to 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 put the time in to where you can honestly you know see what you need to see at that speed as well so um very good guys i dig it good stuff hopefully it was helpful to uh folks that are listening out there tonight if you got any questions well, anything we talked about tonight, drop those below. There's a link to the, the question form on the website. And uh, we're, we're out of time, so we'll um, we'll make sure to not have time to answer those questions on a future episode. And uh, that'll be that'll be fun for everybody. So, but uh, no, seriously, drop those below. Try to get the, to the, as many of those as we can. And uh, let us know if there's something you want us to cover on the next episode of Speed Up and Get Your Hits. Thanks, guys.